Just days after that false emergency alert from the Pickering Power Plant, we've learned that the Ontario government quietly extended the life of the plant over the Christmas break. Now, apparently the government had not planned to make an official announcement until later this month, and one senior official tells the media that, quote, this is great news for the community and for the province. Mark Winfield is a professor of environmental studies at York. He is also the co-chair of that school's Sustainable Energy Initiative, and he joins us here now on Global News Radio. Mark, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, First of all, as I just mentioned, the senior official calling this a great news. In your estimation, this power plant nearly 50 years old. Is it good news? Uh, I would have serious doubts about whether this is good news, both in economic terms, but uh, I think more seriously uh, safety concerns. Uh, There were the plant was actually supposed to have closed in August of 2018, and it's already on what's termed a life extension, and this extends that at least another year, and even at that stage, um, there were very, very serious concerns about uh, the advisability of allowing this facility to operate beyond what is effectively its, its end of life. Yeah, and nearly 50, the facility then, it's outlived its usefulness. I mean, how- how does it compare with, uh, say, similar or other plants? Well, it's it's among the oldest nuclear power plants in the world. Uh, so it's, it's an advanced age. Um, as I say, it was considered to be, it's, it's principally considered to be simply to be at the end of life, that the equipment and the infrastructure is, is, is done. Um, and indeed, that was, that was the view as of August of 2018, that the, the equipment was, was worn out. Uh, there are certain more technical aspects of the operational reactors as well, but even the, uh, the physical infrastructure of the, the concrete and things like that is, is fundamentally worn out. And that was why the original uh, closing decommissioning date was supposed to have been now uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, so there is a shelf life to these plants, because I was going to ask you, as long as the equipment is uh, kept up, it's maintained, it's updated, uh, can these uh, plants not continue on? No, no. There is, particularly with nuclear facilities, there are a number of aspects of them, um, particularly in relation to the reactor core, but other elements too. I mean, the facilities are subject to um, very high temperatures, very high pressures in terms of the steam and water systems, uh, very high levels of radiation in the reactor cores, which which then degrade the metal. There's a process called hydrogen embrittlement, uh, which makes leaks and other kinds of failures more likely. Um, so there is there is a point at which uh, you either need to engage in a complete reconstruction, which essentially is what the province is trying to do at the Darlington and Bruce facilities, or you need to shut them down. And the province had made a decision already um, they had done refurbishments on two of the reactors of the Pickering A plant, but had made a decision not to do that on the four reactors of the Pickering B plant. So they're they're now well um, well past their best before dates. But in the context of uh, nuclear reactors, that's that's a fairly serious consideration. All right. What is your biggest concern moving forward now that it uh, sounds as if the government, again, they won't make an official announcement uh, apparently until later this month, but they will extend the life of the Pickering plant? 
Well, the, the risk is um, that as the plant is now sort of moved beyond its, well beyond its expected lifetime, um, the risk of some sort of accident, uh, most likely involving leaks of some sort or you know, loss of coolant, um, increases. And there are also concerns uh, that some of the other infrastructure within the plant, pumps, valves, everything is, is just old. And there are also longer-term concerns that um, Pickering was the first major facility built in Ontario. It's a very relatively early generation type system. And so it's got the weakest safety systems of all of the reactors in Ontario. Uh, so there's concerns that there were sort of inherent risks in the design of the facility in the first place, but all of those become more serious as, as simply everything is old. Um, it's subject to been, been subject to very, very high stresses, heat, pressure, radiation, um, the chances of something going wrong uh, increase as, as the longer you keep it, trying to keep it, try and keep it operating. And we don't want to be alarmist here, but is your fear, it was a false alarm, fortunately, that uh, everybody uh, got awakened to Sunday morning on their uh, smartphones, but uh, the possibly the next alert uh, we see from Pickering could be the real thing? Well, that is that is the concern, and there have in the past, the, the facility does have a history of, of um, some uh, fairly significant incidents, uh, releases of radioactive water, releases of radioactive steam, uh, a loss of coolant accident in the early 80s. Uh, some of these things uh, could have gone very, very badly indeed. Uh, so that that is the concern, is that, uh, again, there's layers there, too, that, that uh, failure could occur in, in an, any one of a number of different ways. Uh, there are concerns about different long-standing concerns about the adequacy of the safety systems in that plant. And then there have also been now another layer of concerns raised about um, how well the emergency management infrastructure would cope with this, uh, given they're unable to get a, the cancel order out uh, for a fairly extended period of time after sending the initial notice. That obviously has shaken some confidence in those systems, too. But right. it took a long time to drag OPG into admitting um, that there was the possibility of a serious problem there and to start to take measures to deal with the possibilities of, of some more serious incident in the area, including the distribution of the iodine pills and those sorts of things. Yeah, I just want to double back to you. You mentioned uh, that this plant has got a history of incidences. Uh, are those due to human error or failure, or were these due to structural infrastructure problems? It's It's been a mixture. Um, some of it was technical failure. Um, some of it was partially attributed to operator errors as well. So it's, it's been a mixture of things um, that in some cases equipment has failed. Uh, pipes within the reactor burst was uh, the most serious, and they actually had to retube the reactors for that. In other cases, operators have been criticized in terms of how they've, they've handled certain types of situations when the reactor was not behaving the way it was supposed to. So it's been a, it's been a mixture. Uh, the concern being so there's there's sort of concerns over the physical infrastructure, the physical plant itself, and the fact that even in the original design relative to the way these things are built now, or even the subsequent 
uh, facilities at Darlington and Bruce were built, uh, this has the weakest sort of safety infrastructure of, of those plants. So that's that's been part of the longstanding concern as well. Of course, it's it's uh, proximity to what it was then at the edge of the city, but now, of course, in a very densely populated urban area, um, has to add to the concerns as well. Sure. Uh, the fact that the uh, plant has to be extended for another year, uh, what does this say when it comes, I mean, is this a failure of a government and maybe not just this current government, but successive governments over the years? Well, in the sense of, of electricity supply, it, it's a failure, but um, I think I think the concern that has been out there has been it's been a failure to consider alternatives, um, that there was never any real assessment, uh, at least certainly not a public one, and certainly not one in front of any kind of regulator asking the question, uh, do we need to keep this plant operating? Do we have alternatives available? And many people have pointed out that we do, uh, that Quebec has put offers of electricity supply on the table at, at very, very favorable costs, much less than trying to keep Pickering running. Um, the province has a large fleet of gas fire generating facilities as well, which are relatively underutilized. Um, and the province, instead of uh, strengthening its efforts on energy efficiency, which tend to be uh, the most cost-effective way of meeting electricity needs, the Ford government uh, scrapped the province's entire framework for electricity conservation last March. Uh, so there were there were definitely alternatives available. I think the failure is is on the part of uh, it was originally the Wynn government and now the Ford government to have given serious consideration to the alternatives uh, to trying to keep a nuclear plant which is now beyond its end of life uh, running. Because I, I do think we had much better options available to us. Yeah, just finally, let me ask you, what is the road forward as far as you're concerned? As I mentioned off the top, you're the co-chair of York University's Sustainable Energy Initiative. Only got about a minute here, but uh, what do you see as the road forward? Well, I think I think that's a very good question. Um, there are alternatives on the table for Ontario. The problem has been getting uh, the government of Ontario to pay attention to them. The uh, Quebec has put large import options on the table uh, for us. Uh, the province could do much more in energy conservation. Uh, there are all kinds of interesting things happening in terms of what are referred to as distributed resources, rooftop solar, all kinds of other things like that, uh, that in other jurisdictions people are saying, hey, these are turning into very, very significant resources that could start to replace the sort of centralized big uh, facilities like Pickering. And Ontario has been very, very slow to engage in those conversations and has shown a consistent unwillingness to, to think seriously and publicly about, is this our only option? Are there other options available to us that we should be thinking about seriously? All right, Mark, an enlightening and a really good conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time for us today. Great. Thank you very much. All right, there goes uh, Mark Winfield, a professor of environmental studies at York and co-chair of the university's Sustainable Energy Initiative.